Radio Maastricht on 107.5 FM RTV Maastricht. Um, this is Zaki Hagen speaking, and the song you're listening to is Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Um, today we are talking about rhythm in speech with our guest Sana Sana Ten Oliver Ten Uver Ten Uver Yes Yes Sana Ten Uver Sorry. Um, also we have our guest Sham. Hello. And our you know our our, our board member. <laughs> Yes. You know, Katinka. Hello. Yes. And so, you know, we're talking about rhythm and speech, so we may have different ideas about what exactly this means. Sana, what exactly do you mean by with rhythms and speech? Um, when I think about speech, uh, I think many people don't think about rhythm and the temporal structure in speech. But when I talk about rhythms in speech, it's like how words follow one another and how this actually is very specific. And we're so used to it that we don't think about it. Uh, and if I start talking like in a very a rhythmic manner like this, to you it would also probably sound very strange. So it's so natural that we don't think about how these patterns occur. And if you look at the signal itself, we know that speech or any auditory signal is like an acoustic signal, which is a wave. If you look at it, then actually uh, you will see these very specific patterns occurring. So that's what I mean. Uh, with, that's what I research and what I mean with when I talk about rhythms in speech. <laughs> can, you, can you say a bit more about about yourself, like where do you research or uh, a bit of a background? Yeah, so I am a neuroscientist and I work at a language institute in Nijmegen. Uh, it's a Max Planck Institute for Neurolinguistic. So the whole institute is dedicated to uh, language and I come from a neuroscience perspective, so specifically investigating uh, speech from the brain perspective. So how does the brain process speech? It's super interesting. <laughs> is it is it only speech or is it how does brain process any sound, incoming sound signal? 
I ha personally, I have a bigger background. I've studied uh, bigger auditions, so I've also just studied beeps and tones, uh, just thinking about if a sound comes in, where in the brain it comes, it, it comes through very uh, low-level processing stages. Those are very relevant, of course, to th when we start thinking about speech, which is a more, much, much, much more complex uh, system. So I do think we always have to start at the basic, but in the end, the interesting bit is like, how do we humans do all these complex, uh, things and speech and language is one of the core things that that is very complex and seems very easy to us are you limited to any particular language uh, in principle not like my studies are always in Dutch because it's just easier to find participants that way but in principle if you look at uh, rhythmic patterns in speech you will see them everywhere and actually some languages might have a much more specific rhythmic structures than others uh, dependent, for example, on the stress patterns. Some uh, languages have a very strong stress pattern on every syllable, like in, in French. And there you will maybe find some things a bit stronger than in others. But in principle, all languages have rhythm, for sure. Have a certain rhythm. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, Sonne, and Chiam, please correct me if I'm, uh, you know, because I, I don't really know what you are planning on talking about. So if it's coming up later, we can talk about it mm. later. Uh, but I'm wondering if you say this, when um because you know how sometimes there's a certain language when people say like oh french sounds so nice and german sounds so harsh and dutch sounds so aggressive or russian or, or whatever um does that also have something to do with that rhythm in the speech or the the way that we make sounds in a, in a language that maybe i or somebody is not familiar with uh well the two things i always find interesting uh it's about s separating words if you think about different languages Normally, if you know a language you really don't know anything about, it's very difficult to dissociate one word from another. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know if you, everybody yeah. has experienced that. Very you much. think it's just a blabber, and you, and this is also how it how it looks like if you look at the signal because you don't know when one word starts and ends. Uh, so that's definitely one thing that I find very interesting here. So we learn to parse it. So then your question about why does specific languages sound harsher. I think I think it's mostly sometimes some languages have this very strong staccato on specific uh, words or specific moments and that makes it sound harsher. Also makes the the onset of the word sometimes clearer. Uh, let me think. I lost it's also a little bit what you're used to, maybe, right? Because yeah. some people think, for instance, Arabic languages, I love them. I also listen to a lot of yeah. music, uh, Arabic music. So I'm kind of, I guess, used to the sounds. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people that are not used to it, um, I always heard them say that it sounds so aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, why yeah. does it sound aggressive? I think it sounds wonderful. But it's also, I guess, what you're used to hearing, maybe, even though I don't understand a word from it. Well, <laughs> I don't think anybody themselves would think their own language like if it's no i mean somebody part, that's yeah. listening to it right if it's part yeah. of your identity because language in the end is part of your identity i guess so if it's part of your identity then you don't think a language has a specific emotional feeling it's mm -hmm. part of your identity but if as an external person you're listening to it yeah there might be specific patterns and there are specific sounds that some languages have like here in the south compared to the north of the Netherlands, it's much people also feel often it's much softer the language. Yeah. And that's often just the fact about how different consonants are pronounced, the fact that we have this very sharp G, which is also that like <laughs> which maybe some of <laughs> you can't even pronounce, which actually is there in Arabic as well. Yeah. Uh, those kind of sounds is very in the back sounds, uh, they might cause um, uh, they might cause sounds uh, to come uh, across as aggressive, but hmm. yeah, this is yeah. As a neuroscience far, like I cannot address emotion in in speech. I wish yeah, yeah. It's Different more, topic. More, more yeah. Next show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a whole topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, now is about time to go to our first song, um, which is "Insane in the Brain" by Cypress Hill. Don't you know I'm local? Ah. 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 
love her when I go out drinking. Oh, making my mind slow. That's why I don't fuck with the big four. Oh, bro, I got to maintain. Cause a nigga like me is going insane. Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill and we are on SRM RTV 105.7 FM talking about rhythms in speech Then it's 107.5 FM Was it 107.5? 105.7 Why do you even keep saying this? Who's sitting around tuning their <laughs> maybe, maybe a topic for another time Well, We gotta we got remind the people what they're listening to, you know? True, remind true them, them, Let them know who we are, you know? We don't want, we don't want them to forget us very true, very true. Talking about talking about forgetting, um, we have Sana here from uh, Max Planck Institute of Psycholinguistics talking about rhythms in speech. Uh, uh, so speech is perceived in the brain. Or can you tell us a bit more about how the brain sort of uh, does this? Like, is it always listening? Yes. Yeah, so the brain. Well, when we talk about rhythm, like it's fascinating when I do my experiments and you plug an electrode at somebody's head and you just measure there are rhythms all over the place uh, so that's very fascinating uh, so if you would just plug and you see these waves going up people will always describe them of brain waves which is just neurons kind of as a group collectively being more and less active if you wish um, uh, so this is very interesting to me because if you just naturally feel the brain is full of rhythms so therefore it might also be that it's particularly sensitive to this uh, so yeah if you talk about rhythms in speech and rhythm in the brain I think rhythm in the brain is very prominent uh, and that's why it might be relevant uh, for speech as well Wow and how, how do you measure it is it only by sticking electrodes in the brain or are there other ways to uh, sticking in or are you <laughs> putting them on <laughs> like what are you doing with you <laughs> <laughs> well the ideal case you would stick them in the brain but some somehow it's very difficult to find subjects and participants for that uh, because i can it, imagine yeah. yes <laughs> but so how i would measure it on, on healthy volunteers is that we um, have a lot of electrodes on top of the head and these are electrodes maybe it's very similar electrodes to what you would measure the heartbeat for example many mm. people know that so if you measure heartbeat you have two electrodes but then we would have about 
60 to 70 of those electrodes and put them uh, on the head. And they just measure electricity and somehow it's magical that the tiny, tiny electricity patterns that we generate, uh, that our brain generates, you can just measure it from the skull. So uh, yeah, this is how we generally measure it. Uh, another way that we measure it, it, it's with a bigger device that I'm using now a lot. It's, it's not, it doesn't measure electricity, but it measures uh, magnetism. So it actually measures the changing in magnetic fields and that you can pick up, well, basic physics, any electricity causes magnetic fields. So you can, instead of measuring the electricity, you can also measure the uh, magnetic fields instead. They have some benefits one or the other, but that's probably too detailed for this show. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, is, is, is this now a bit similar to how devices listen, say, for example, Alexa, like they're constant of phones, are they constantly listening to, to, to words or uh, well, sound yeah. signals? Do you mean our devices or you mean the brain itself? No, devices. The uh, devi devices. Well, I'm just curious. Um, well, Alexa and all the, they just listen to the sound waves, right? So, our, and our our devices, they would listen to what the brain is saying. So, if you just like, if you measure technically, well, sound waves then get digitized, but the sound wave itself is a very different signal than an electric signal. So, uh -huh. it's to me a difficult thing to compare. Okay, uh, yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Can you do it the other way? Would you be able to translate it back? Let me see if I can, yeah. can formulate a clear question out of this. So, so you put all these things on somebody's head and they hear something or maybe they're thinking something? Because mm -hmm. if I get you correctly, also the sounds that I'm internally hearing, right? Yeah. Activate my brain and those rhythms and those sounds are there. Could you then, if you have those digitalized waves of brain activity, could you translate that back and see what I was thinking? Uh, well, this is for, I guess, the, the, the magic world, we can do this. Um, we're getting, well, let's see, the level that we are at the moment is not about thinking about sounds, but is maybe thinking about moving your hand. Like mm. if, and this is for people with prosthesis, this actually they've been doing. So if you think about moving your hand uh, there, they can actually do this in very coarse manner. Uh, what is cool, if you just listen to sounds, um, then of course it gives brain activity. Um, it is possible, again, in a very coarse manner to uh, translate this back uh, to the sound patterns. This is actually research that has been done here in Maastricht uh, by a group by uh, Professor Elia, Elia Fomizano. He has done this exactly. He measured from the brain. Uh, and then people listening to bird sounds or people listening to speech and then try to use the brain signals to, to get this, the signal back. And this is possible. So theoretically, uh, you could do that. It, for speech, it's still very difficult. Yeah. Um, also, it's just one-on-one. -on -one, so it's just sounds and then that's the signal. In the ideal world, then you would imagine a sound and you imagine speaking and it yeah, would just okay. come out. That's probably a step too far. Uh, we do know that similar regions are activated when you listen or when you produce something. Uh, so there is some hope, but I wouldn't say we're that far yet. <laughs> Super interesting. Because <laughs> <Very laughs> then we can just read minds. Shan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, time for another song. What do you have uh, in the cards for us? We've got. Sh shall, I, shall I leave it to our talent tech? Well. Well, the next song actually is Coldplay, Speed of Sound. I think we have a little theme going on here with the titles of these yeah, tracks. Yeah, really. <laughs> sound like it. Yeah, enjoy.
welcome back. That was Speed of Sound from Coldplay. You're still listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I'm Katinka here today with our host, Chiam, our special guest, Sana, Hi. and our tech, Zaki, playing all those amazing songs for us. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, we're talking about uh, rhythm and speech, and we've discussed a little bit already about our brains and rhythm- rhythmic patterns and I think we have a million more questions um, to ask you, Son, because it's such an interesting topic. Uh, Shyam, what's what's the first question we should ask? Thank you. Um, well, one of the things I was wondering is why why does our brain keep doing this uh, sort of patterns? Like, is it constantly trying to listen? Does it do it at night while we're sleeping, for example? Do you, uh, I don't know. It it's actually does it more at night. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> if you measure it uh, in sleep, we have a lot of rhythmic patterns more than during a week. Uh, why does the brain have rhythmic patterns? Well, I always like to think that I think the brain is very lazy uh, because uh, if you think about it, anything that is rhythmic um, is very predictable and therefore very easy. Like if you have a pendulum, it almost costs no energy to have it at a constant rhythm or at a constant pace. Well, actually, if you uh start moving it this pendulum randomly around is much more difficult so i think part of it is just energy efficiency to, to conserve as much energy as possible yes. yeah. so yeah yeah as soon as a rhythm is started it might take a bit to get it started but then it's very it costs very little energy to maintain it <laughs> wow <coughs> yeah cool does it does that also i'm thinking now more about music as well mm-hmm. Um, when I studied, I studied at the conservatory for mm. one year, <laughs> a long time ago, mm-hmm. and then somebody was doing their thesis about uh, a specific rhythm. So the yeah, and how you always have to finish that. Yeah, uh, and that's also something that I keep thinking about because that is, like you said, our brain wants to predict things, maybe wants to prepare for things. Is that also what might happen when you're sleeping? Or is it looking for rhythms? And is that like related to your dreams? Or is it actually listening to well, what's actually, happening around us? If we talk about prediction, I think speech is the best example about prediction. It's full, full, full of predictions. Like, I cannot just start talking and say two nouns in a row. Like, that would completely mess you up because it's not yeah. within the prediction pattern. Yeah, we'll mute you right away. Uh, yeah. will be like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you cannot. It's, it's, it's just random words now. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot say radio, paper, cup. That just means, see, I'm even doing paper cup, which is a prediction. Even when I'm trying to be non-predictable and predictable. Anyhow, so speech is full of... Um, predictions and that is why these rhythms are hatched on very easily Uh, so I'm constantly predicting what's coming next and I can predict what is coming next so what I said about the nouns you know that paper maybe needs to be a cup or something like that but also in time and that's what people not think about a lot like if uh, I would drop something and you don't hear a sound, you're very confused. Yeah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> True. So, and and the longer it takes, of course, the further you assume that this object has fallen down the floor. So yeah. you know how far this table is. So if it would take four seconds for something to fall down, you're like, huh? <laughs> is there a hole in the floor or something? So this time suddenly becomes very important. So the pre- brain is anticipating a, a particular sound or a yes. word. Yeah. The brain is constantly anticipating what's coming next, so it becomes easier to process what's coming next. Is, is this only for sound or does it do it for for visual? I don't know. If um, well, I think well, I'm one of the neuroscientists that I believe. I think without any predictions or idea about the world, nothing means anything. Yeah. Right. I definitely mm. think it also works for uh, a visual thing. I have uh, maybe a very weird example, but at some point, um, so my dad lives in Leitendam near The Hague, and I went there once with my little sister to surprise him. So for a weekend, we were like, we were not supposed to be there, but we traveled there and like, let's surprise him. And my stepmom knew about it. And then we walked into the room and it, it took him like, maybe even 10 seconds to, we're like, hey dad. And it took him forever <laughs> to say, hey, these are my daughters, you know, it took him so long because we were not supposed to be there, right? <laughs> it was 
uh, out of context, we're not supposed to just walk into the bedroom there when he was just chilling and, you know, it's out of out of place. I think something that you cannot predict is really weird. I had it last year as well, my uh, birthday surprise party. Mm. <laughs> I walked in the living room, everybody was surprised and my first response was like, why? <laughs> For who? <laughs> like every, it was not the the week after my birthday, but it's just, it doesn't make sense. And uh, it takes very long for your brain, I guess, to grasp it or to, yeah, put yeah. meaning to it. Oh, would that, would this mean, would, it, would this probably explain why we get startled if we hear a loud bang? Yes, it's very that, unpredictable. An, 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 an unexpected sound. Well, evolutionary speaking, some people might believe the only purpose the brain developed is to predict what's coming next. <laughs> wow. Right, yeah. yeah. Because wow. you need to be prepared for any danger that comes and anything that's unexpected, suddenly you need to pay even more attention to because it's something that you didn't predict or could avoid in any other way. So it might be a survival strategy to constantly predict what's coming next. Yeah, and your in instinct takes over and you're gonna yeah. fight. Right. F fight for fr uh, fight for <laughs> fly the freeze. What is it? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean. Anyways, I think it's time for a song. <laughs> Zaki, what's your next song? Yes, our next song is Da 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 by Elastica. Enjoy. What you do and what you don't What you will and what you won't What you can and what you can't This is what you got to know Love you though it didn't show Ich lieb dich nicht, du lebst mit nicht Ich lieb dich nicht, du lebst mit nicht Ich lieb dich nicht, du lebst mit nicht Du lips magnet da 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 You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV 105.7 FM. 
that was da 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 <laughs> by <laughs> by by 107.5 fm thank you zaki <laughs> if you if you're Now still you're trying to tune us, in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was da 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 by elastica covering the band trio uh, i actually really like this song by elastica uh, we are still talking about rhythms in speech and how it's perceived in our brain with sanatan over from the max planck institute of psycholinguistics Yes, you had a question. We were just talking during um during the song. Um and maybe maybe we can do a, a short recap of the conversation we just had. Um we were still talking when uh, when Saki told us that we had to stop talking and be on the radio again. Uh, but Shyam you asked a question about how this all works for uh, for instance deaf people. Uh, do, yes. do they have these rhythms uh, as well? Yes, yeah, because yeah, I want to say do they hear them? Obviously they don't hear, they them, don't hear but them, but how does that work because your brain uh there's a certain type of information that you uh, don't have right to process this so how does yeah so how does that work uh, well deaf people well if you talk about rhythms deaf people definitely have um rhythms in the brain because that's just all over the place it's nothing specific at all to the auditory system like what we talked mm. about before rhythms just are very energy efficient uh, thing to use so the that is all over the place so deaf people definitely have that um So but if you talk about deaf people in speech uh, how they speak of course what is difficult for deaf people and what we talked about in the break what is difficult for deaf people is that they have problems not hearing themselves and that's actually very important to um to control your own speech so you're using yeah. feedback of your own listening to actually uh, adjust yourself and therefore it's very that's very difficult for deaf people to learn how to speak they, they can but but it's always tricky we constantly yeah. and we're not even aware of it adapt or speaks depending on what we say yeah and i guess there is rhythm in uh, sign language definitely we yeah. i mean we have three very very famous sign language experts women now with all the press mm-hmm. conferences that we keep seeing yeah. uh, and i do notice that uh, i definitely have my favorite i mm-hmm. think she's everybody's favorite as well she was the, the first one um but i've i think it's just very interesting to to look at this how this works obviously i don't really speak sign language um but they they all do it differently as well mm-hmm. so that's also the way that we speak with different rhythms i guess you you will still have that in the movements as well um I guess. Yes. Yeah. But movement is full of rhythm. Yeah. Right. That is uh well, we think about movement as something else than speech, but in the end speech is movement of our vocal cords and of our mouth. So it's fully determinist determined by our motor system. So sign language it's then it's with the hands and uh, arms and more body language, but all of that is generated by by our motor systems. Um so how does that work then for let's say small children that are still learning to speak or developing yeah. uh, those vocal cords or so yeah. what you see in children a lot is and i think all parents can account for that the children really repeat like like what <laughs> we just heard from electrica da 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 repeat um they repeat these things and it's and it's actually very rhythmic much more rhythmic than if we would speak and part of this is because the their language is still so simple so because they don't have to use all kinds of parts of the brain to think about what exactly they're going to say they're just going to try to say it and therefore it's very core central to this motor mm. system to just learn to speak different syllables and therefore they repeat it's an automatic thing the brain is lazy and likes to do rhythmic stuff yeah. and therefore th- but therefore the rhythm is suddenly also much more simpler than the complex rhythm that we have in our speech earlier you mentioned about like the brain sort of expecting um a something well say if you're talking and if i would if i would pause randomly in the sentence then you, your brain sort of expecting me to say certain words would that explain why we like um finish off each other's sentences sometimes definitely yeah <laughs> and the, the brain predicts is coming next and if you pause i have this automatic intention to i'm trying to understand what you're saying so i automatically try to finish what you are saying uh, right. so that's uh, at some point you don't even have to say it yes, anymore yeah. that's what i have with m- with my best friend we've been friends for like i don't know 14 15 years now Uh, sometimes when something happens or somebody says something mm-hmm. i just have to look at her and we just start laughing because mm-hmm. we know yes. <laughs> you know what joke is behind that or you have this yeah 
yeah. in, inside things. Um, yeah, let's go before we uh, go into like summary of everything we talked about and then get to our last questions, uh, go into our next song, which is our Dutch song of the day. And one that I absolutely love. I remember this from when I was very young when it came out. It was amazing. Um, this is What's Gebeurt from the Jeugd van Tegenwoordig. So enjoy these rhythms. That was the 2005 hit, What's Gebeurt? Awesome song. One of the first songs I heard when I came to the Netherlands. We are in the studio of RTV Maastricht yes. on 105.7. No. 107.5. Oh, <laughs> See, now that's saved. That's saved wrongly. <laughs> just, just think about the rhythm, Sian. <laughs> 107.5. I'm so bad at rhythms. <laughs> 107.5 FM. In the studio, we have with Sana Tenover from Max Planck Institute uh, talking about rhythms in speech. Uh, Sana, can you tell us a bit more about like the the practical implications of your research? So the clinical imp Im implications. Can it be used for therapy or um, where do you see it? Yeah, so yeah, we talked about rhythms in, in speech, but I, I guess what we didn't touch upon a lot is like this... Um, sort of automatic link 
to music what people often have and to be able to perceive rhythms to start with because we know that somehow some people have a very difficult either perceiving or to actually make rhythms so if you want to clap on the table you can do this rhythmically um which so for some children is actually quite difficult they have not really good motor skills to do so but it seems that this kind of rhythmic behavior is is, is partly implied with language development so it seems to be an indicator that it might be important to have these kind of rhythmic skills or this perception of rhythms to be able to have a correct development so that might be very useful uh, for um, clinical implications in that sense Well, you should see me dance. I mean, people will say I have zero rhythm. I mean, I I can definitely perceive <laughs> the rhythm. I I think I just have no no motor skills or how do you call that? Uh, brain body uh, yeah, coordination. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's <laughs> timing as well. Um when we just talked about, you know, deaf people but also I don't think we did that live by the way. I think we mm-hmm. talked about stuttering um in in during one of the songs. Um suddenly you explained to us that there's um a, a delay in you know hearing yourself back mm-hmm. um and i think that's also something if we talk about people that we feel you know that you would say they don't have rhythm because they dance out of the beat or like not consistently i think a big part of that is also motor skills because mm-hmm. a lot of the times like they hear it correctly i guess um i also know people that get very annoyed by themselves because they can hear that they don't dance on a rhythm or right right so can they feel that i'm not there in time um but for some reason cannot correct it so i think a big part of that is also the, the um, yeah motor skills and how you um i think how the information i think works. it's both because it's also re- there are really people that don't perceive rhythm correctly like yeah. and it's also yeah. what you're used to partly of course if you're always like uh, my partner um we took dance classes and he really didn't hear the rhythm of the dance that we were doing and then i would just <laughs> tell him to beat so i would just say i would just talk uh, now, when there was now, beat now. beat yeah. beat beat because I've, he really I've heard didn't a hear lot it of that, yes. uh, a lot of those feedback like sham please 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 <laughs> rhythm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so definitely also what you're used to um because there's we have different rhythms as well in music if we see you know our, our western culture music here is very one one two three four one two three four if you have uh three quarters so one two three one two three is already for a lot of people way more difficult mm-hmm. um i have one of my favorite songs which is in in a five fourth so it's five uh i don't, I don't really know how to explain this correctly <laughs> maybe Zaki, you can help me out but it's like five um beats so yes there's five beats in every measure so yeah. instead of it being like one two three four it's like one two three four five a good example of this is like the mission impossible theme song yeah bum 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 yeah bum, exactly bum. yeah and i went to um so it's from glenn hansard and i i saw a live concert of him and I, they started playing the song and i'm like oh yes i love this so much uh and just the whole audience at some point like half of the people just stopped moving yeah. because they couldn't figure it out yeah. because it's a rhythm that you're so unfamiliar with yeah. um so yeah i think there's a lot of aspects yeah. and maybe a lot of reasons why you cannot dance yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, i'm i'm glad we are, we, we are studying and doing yeah, this topic you have some things to work on now uh. <laughs> well at least i have i have a good good reason when people say you can't yeah. dance like, like oh but it's fine it's just because my brain doesn't <laughs> it doesn't correctly. perceive it very yeah. much <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault it's all right yeah waves. let's um, or maybe son maybe i can uh, ask you um before we go into our cultural agenda what are your last notes or last fun facts knowledge anything left for you to share with us well thank you all for listening and thank you for inviting me here well what i want to share is uh, i guess think about your rhythm think about when you speak and uh, don't, don't talk too fast and don't 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 pause randomly well <laughs> only if you want to uh, emphasize something uh, very much yeah. then or if you, you want to be the president of america they do that right yes have you heard jacob zuma no <laughs> 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 um yeah well, sure let's go into a cultural agenda i have a few things first one's very exciting uh, from a new SRM member uh, Bela they just released the first episode of their new podcast uh, queering their perspective so it's a new podcast by third year FASA student Bela Bellissima and a challenging cis heteronormativity. Ooh, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, 
um, and our binary understanding of gender power relations. So in each bi-weekly episode of the podcast, they will talk with uh, a person about a topic that moves them personally and thereby embedding individual stories and experiences into social analysis. So the first episode is already online. You can find it on all uh, your platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, queering their perspective. Go check it out. It's uh, it's awesome, and more more episodes are coming up. Uh, there's also Dayonix has a quiz night tomorrow, so the 21st of January from uh, 7 p.m. Um, Fuck 2020 edition. That's a quiz night. I think <laughs> we can have some fun with that. Uh, Friday we have another show of Mose Musica uh, from 8 till 9 p.m. So you can tune in uh, for another DJ set then. And um, yeah, obviously we always talk about activity. You can check out some activities on there. And Sophie Thijs actually started something today uh, to also stay in touch, you know, get out still, even though, you know, we have this curfew coming up and obviously the lockdown. Uh, but there's still people out there that try to organize something like Sophie from uh, Met Sophie. So she's a psychologist, but she's also very much working on getting people out of their houses outside, going for walks, going for uh, activities in the park. So the first thing she's organizing is I think tomorrow at 4.30 um, but she's going to do uh, organize activities at least twice a week for all of us to get out get some fresh air get some exercise obviously save um, yeah some cardio strength or something you know outside gym so uh, go check that out I think that's everything uh, for me Sakishiam anything else for our cultural agenda uh, stay at home as much as yeah. possible you know We've gotta get rid of this <coughs> pandemic you know stay healthy stay safe exactly dance wild yeah, <laughs> dance well. Find your find your inner rhythm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, just you know, just practice by yourself. Eventually, you can feel the rhythm that way, and then you go out, show out everybody your new dancing, you know, your dancing skills. It'll be nice. All right. Um, yeah. So if you're listening to us, stay tuned for the next hour. Sana, thank you so much for all the information I get. I still have a gazillion questions for you. We'll talk about it after the show. Thank uh, you very much, me. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Um, yeah, this is the end of the hour. You're listening to Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. Um, yeah, tune in for the next hour when we're, talk when we're talking about birthdays. Yes, birthdays. Ooh.